0: looking to get out of your own way and make things happen? Do you love inspiration and tips that are based on the science of happiness and well-being? If so, default to yes is for you. New episodes are released every Monday with the occasional bonus episodes with expert guests, each one designed for inspiration to keep us moving in the right direction. Whether you're dealing with obstacles that have been around for a long time or are on a journey of new challenges, know that you are not alone. The default to yes podcast is nurse coach and aromatherapist julie reynolds on the journey with you your extraordinary self we deal in truth and experiment with solutions training our fascinating brains to cooperate as we show up in the world the way we really want make the difference we desire without sacrificing our overall well-being welcome to the default to yes podcast ever wonder why common sense isn't always common practice? It's a question that has puzzled many for ages. Common sense is often defined as the basic ability to perceive, understand, and judge things in a practical way. However, even though it might seem like common sense should be easy to follow, it's not always the case. Welcome to another episode of Default to Yes, where we are aspiring to make extraordinary our default. So defaulting to yes is defaulting to your extraordinary self. I really believe that that is who you are and that is what you want or you wouldn't be here. And so welcome to another week of defaulting to your extraordinary self. One reason why common sense isn't always common practice is that people have different perspectives and experiences. What may seem like common sense to one person may not be so obvious to another and people often have competing priorities, or may be influenced by emotions which can cloud their judgment. Another reason why common sense isn't always come in practice is that people may not have the necessary knowledge or skills to put into practice. For example, it may be common sense to eat a healthy and balanced diet, but not everyone knows how to do it or has access to the necessary resources and Another part of this equation is that People may just simply choose not to follow common sense due to stubbornness, maybe it's just laziness, or a desire to go against the norm. We like to think we're charting our own course and being original and unique and just being true to ourselves. Whatever the reason may be, it's clear that common sense isn't always easy to follow, but it's important to try our best to do so in order to make good decisions and live a fulfilling life. So I'm glad you're here. And we're going to dive into this, how turning common sense into common practice applies to the extraordinary life. Now, in the pursuit of extraordinary and optimal well-being, there exists kind of a paradox that things we know may be common sense often then elude us in common practice. Despite the unlimited information available on healthy habits, for example, well-being, life optimization, many of us will find ourselves falling short of really embodying these principles in our daily lives. Now, sometimes you're juggling a lot of different things and one area falls short. You felt great when you were eating this way and thought, "Wow." I, why didn't I do this sooner? And then months later, you find that you stopped somewhere along the line without even giving it a thought. This common sense, common practice gap underscores the disconnect of what we know and what we do. We are going to explore the psychology and science behind this paradox and what we can do about it. Let's come up with a practical framework for bridging that gap. Common sense encompasses practical wisdom, intuition, and shared understanding of what is considered sensible and rational in any given community or society. It plays a crucial role in guiding us through the complexities of daily life and decision-making, or at least it should. In the context of overall well-being, common sense dictates that adopting healthy habits contributes to a vibrant and fulfilling and extraordinary life. We're all well aware that the benefits of regular exercise, a balanced diet, sufficient sleep, stress management, and yet many of us, myself included, struggle to translate this knowledge into consistent everyday practices. The root of this odd contradiction is really hidden in the mysterious world of psychology, behavioral science, and training our fascinating brains to cooperate with the way we want to show up in the world. So, here we go. I have worked this week on creating a systematic approach to meal planning, actually started a couple of weeks ago, and incorporating new food choices. I like systems because I don't want to make the decisions over and over again. And once I work out a system that I'm freed of that agonizing process of convincing myself to do what is common sense and making the healthier choice. I don't want to make decisions every single day on what I'm going to eat for the meals or I don't want to make the decision at lunchtime about what I'm going to eat because I know that I'm myself and I know I'm less likely to make the healthy choice. I'm more likely to say, you know, one meal isn't going to hurt me. I will start next meal. (laughs) So maybe you can relate to that. If I want to be my healthiest self and I want to see what I'm truly capable of, I need to care for my body in a way that can handle that. I need to nourish my mind, my body, and my soul. I need to eat right, move more, sleep enough, hydrate, and manage stress. All the things that we all know that we need to do to get the outcomes that we want. Just common sense. Everything is connected and if you want to be the best leader, The mom, the nurse, the friend, the business owner, the coach that you can be, the best that you can be. If you want to make extraordinary your default, that's what it's going to take. And it doesn't really have to be hard. Well, it at least doesn't have to be as hard as we make it because that's all the story that we tell, right? We might be telling ourselves, even subconsciously, the story that the options that are more accessible, easier, cheaper, have little to no consequence. But is that really true? The long-term story might be that those options, while they might be more popular, a little more fun, a little easier, and just what we can handle at the time, are truly going not going to be easier and cheaper in the long run. And that probably falls into the common sense category as well. Eventually, if we don't care for our bodies, if we don't nourish our mind, body, and soul appropriately, there will be a price to pay. A bigger price in many cases than the small incremental price we pay as we make those choices that seem harder or requiring more resources. Being a nurse, I see this every day in disease management. Managing disease requires burdensome treatments, medications that bring even more hardships, and surgeries that require time and effort and really a pause on life. Now, I'm not saying that all diseases could be prevented by caring for your body. I also know people that have cared for their body well over the years, and they still go through these things, but I really believe that they go through these things more prepared to take care of themselves and to to manage that process when it hits than if they weren't, and with the mindset of that they will get on the other side. So what is the struggle all about to translate this knowledge into consistent everyday practices? Well, one, our brain is wired to prioritize short-term rewards over long-term gains, a phenomenon known as temporal discounting. This inherent bias often leads us to choose immediate gratification, such as indulging in unhealthy foods, or neglecting exercise over the delayed benefits of sustained well-being. Additionally, the brain tends to resist change and habits, whether they're positive or negative. It will respond to the stories we're telling it, and it doesn't. the brain does not have a way to uh, maybe sometimes negotiate between what is real and what you are thinking. So what is true and what, is, what you're thinking, the brain will go with what you're thinking is true. And we need to remind ourselves that what we think is not always true. We can't always believe what we think. So whether positive or negative, these habits become deeply ingrained. Breaking free from these patterns does require conscious effort to override our default modes. So this is where we get to make our default mode extraordinary and break some of these patterns. And then we can't underestimate the social and environmental factors that also play that pivotal role in shaping our behaviors. Social norms, peer influence, environmental cues, those can either support or hinder the adoption of healthy habits. I know that in our workplace, we talk about food and healthy food and healthy options and What we are doing and the little things that we, the little tips and tricks we talk about that is probably one of the most common topics in our workplace is um, our healthy choices around food. And yet, frequently triggers those environmental cues are present right on our break room table. It is our culture to celebrate and say thank you, to say we appreciate you with cakes and cookies and candy and chocolate because we really enjoy those things. Those things are delicious and they're fun and they bring that temporary satisfaction that we we are looking for and we're looking to provide for our colleagues, for our friends. And bringing fruits and vegetables just don't get the same reaction or response. So you can see where environmental factors play a role and where that can take us down even just simply in our workplace. Now, knowing the mysteries of the mind is key to designing sustainable strategies that will bring common sense and common practice together for our good. So there are things that we can do to bridge that gap between common sense and common practice. So here's our framework. Mindful awareness, first of all, we can begin by cultivating that mindful awareness of habits and choices. And I see that happening in the workplace too by be just be mindful of I need to avoid the break room because somebody brought crumble cookies and I can't. Once I get started, I am going to taste all of them and I'm just gonna, I'm going to be curious. They're going to smell good. They're going to look good. Everyone else is doing it. So there are a lot of triggers there. So cultivating awareness of if I walk in the break room, there are crumble cookies in there and I know that's going to trigger, that's going to be a trigger, for example. So taking a moment to reflect on your daily routines. Now, to be fair, I don't want to vilify crumble cookies. Um, the treats in the break room are just an example of how they might be in conflict with how what we set out, what our intention is during the day to observe those healthy habits. Uh, but this applies to so many things that come up for us during the day on a consistent basis. If you wanna enjoy a cookie, I think you should do so guilt-free. Maybe we should talk about that too is that I think it's really unfortunate that a lot of times we will have that struggle. We tell ourselves, this is bad for me, but I'm going to do it anyway because I enjoy it. And I think that if you enjoy it and you're going to do it anyway, we need to make that choice intentionally. And then if we're going to have a piece of a crumble cookie, we should savor it, enjoy it, celebrate it, feel appreciated by the person who brought it. I think we should just take all of that in as goodness and not be like drop some of the shame around making that choice because making those choices every once in a while is a whole lot different than daily practice that we're talking about here. So I want to be careful about vilifying all uh, treats that are brought into the workplace. So that's not my intention here. So if you're going to enjoy a treat in the break room or your, or anywhere else then truly enjoy it make it a celebration be mindful and mindfully aware of all of that too so pay attention in those moments and it's not just the break room obviously it's at home when you open your refrigerator are there cues there are there triggers there what are you currently practicing that is out of alignment with what you really know is going to be beneficial and how can you change those things but it all starts with awareness this self-awareness lays the foundation for intentional change so i know that when i go to work i know that i need to have a bag of apple slices i have some essential oil gum and a protein bar that i keep in my lunchbox at all times so that when the when the struggle is really strong i have some options to go to so you are smart and intuitive, and you can figure out what will work for you. There are all sorts of ways to be creative once you are aware of what your triggers are and what is common sense and what is common practice and how that affects you. So again, cultivating that mindful awareness of your habits and choices. Then we move on to behavioral modification. So with that self-awareness on board, we can focus on modifying one behavior at a time. Rather than attempting to a radical overhaul, introduce small manageable changes to your routine. For instance, we can commit to a 10 or 15 minute daily walk and then gradually increase the duration. So instead of saying, I'm gonna walk 30 minutes to 40, 30 to 45 minutes every single day, we can start with a 10 or 15 minute walk. Behavioral science suggests that incremental changes are more likely to lead to lasting habits as they're easier for the brain to accept and integrate. It's easier for me to say, I'm going to go on a 10 minute walk. Now, honestly, sometimes I get on a 10 minute walk and I'm enjoying it and it extends out anyway. But if I commit to that 10 to 15 minute, that's not too much for me, for my brain to accept as a change. So as you're doing one thing, you may have more lean towards other healthy habits as well. If I go for a 45-minute walk, I'm more mindful about hydrating. I'm more mindful about what I put in my body. So that awareness increases. And again, once you set that in motion, you kind of lean towards other healthy habits as well. And I'm sure you can identify that in your uh, pattern as well you may have heard of the observer effect or the Hawthorne effect. In this context of this conversation, we're talking about our training our brain, but it's something that comes up in research. It's also a tool that you can utilize if you're a leader or employer responsible for team dynamics or productivity, for that matter, if you are a parent or influencer in any way. The Hawthorne effect specifically refers to a series of studies conducted at Western Electric Hawthorne Works in Chicago in the 1920s and 30s. Researchers discovered that workers' productivity increased when they were aware of being observed, regardless of the changes in work conditions. So it didn't matter if any changes were made. It could be the very same condition, the same schedule. Everything's the same. When they come back and they're observed, they noticed there were changes. This led to the conclusion that the mere awareness of being studied or observed can significantly impact behavior or performance. In essence, both the observer effect and the Hawthorne effect highlight that influence of awareness on behavior. When we know we are being watched or studied, we consciously or subconsciously alter our actions or our behaviors, and potentially leading to different outcomes And than if the observation were not present. This phenomena underscores the complex interplay between awareness, perception, and behavior. And as it applies to our own brain, how we train it to subconsciously and consciously cooperate with us as we move toward a desired outcome and change the story that all of this is so hard to do. And we can do that a lot by focusing in on that awareness and really observing and tracking our our behavior and our patterns and our stories, the thoughts. All right. So we have awareness and then behavioral modification and then positive reinforcement. This is where social support comes into play as well. Implementing positive reinforcement and leveraging that social support can solidify the desired changes. Positive reinforcement is a powerful tool when it comes to making lasting changes in your life. By rewarding yourself for making progress towards your goals, you can create that positive association with the actions that you need to take to achieve them. This can help strengthen your motivation and increase your chance of success. In addition to positive reinforcement, social support can also be a valuable resource. Surrounding yourself with people who encourage and support you can help to keep you motivated and accountable. This can especially be important when you face challenges or setbacks along the way. So engage with a friend or family member or a community that shares similar goals because social support not only provides that accountability, but it also fosters that sense of belonging and that shared commitment that we are just wired up for. Now, if you don't have that, what can you do to change that? What can you do to create that? When I was was making some changes and really wanting to take it to the next level, I recognized that this was... Um, this was a need that I had for more accountability and for more support. So I started my own accountability group. We meet every Saturday morning at seven o'clock, and we have a structure for our time together that we have worked out over time. It wasn't oh we didn't just start out perfect. Um, we had to work at it, but that was one of the agreements that we made is that we would figure this out so that it worked for all of us. Recently, my friend Rhonda pointed out that we. Have been meeting for about six months now. It doesn't seem like that long. We haven't missed a week, and it's just and and it's really just that valuable. It's not become one of those things that we have to do. It's a thing that I get to do. So if you don't have that, again, what can you do to create that? Finally, I can't understate that it, how important it is to celebrate your success. This is something we do in coaching, and I know how difficult it is sometimes for for people to come up with ways to truly celebrate their success, we tend to skip over that. We celebrate big things, but we forget to celebrate little things. So no matter how small your progress may seem, by recognizing and appreciating that progress that you've made, you can maintain that positive outlook and stay motivated to continue working towards your goals. If this is a struggle for you, this is another where place where that group, that that friend group or that supports structure can help. There have been many times in, in coaching conversations and in our accountability group, when someone says something that they just don't recognize to be the significant win that it is, and then somebody else in the group will point out what a significant win that is and celebrate it. And the light bulb goes on. It's like, I didn't even realize that, but you're right. It, that is truly significant. And so take time to acknowledge your achievements and use them as fuel to keep moving forward. I celebrated my success week on weigh-in day this week by just sitting with a wine glass of kombucha, listening to music and diffusing my favorite essential oil blend and just taking a moment to celebrate my win and visualize the desired outcome. Weight loss is a slow progress. And so sharing that you lost a pound and a half me over time just start to feel like that's not very much. But it is. And I will say that I love having a group of friends and my husband who will point out to me what a big deal that is. But I also am really enjoying taking a moment to celebrate my success. I will get to the goal. It will be slow, but the wins along the way are worth celebrating. So we start with mindful awareness, move on to behavioral modification from there. Don't skip the mindful awareness and try to do behavioral modification without the awareness. And then positive reinforcement and social support, those that cannot be underestimated. When we leave that out and we're on our own, that's where we can, can drift with and not even recognize that we're doing it. So I have some questions for you um, going forward is first, how are you going to bridge the gap this week between common sense and common practice? What is the outcome that you want, and what is standing in the way of that? Is it a thought, a story, a feeling, or a behavior? They're all connected. Remember the thoughts or the stories we tell ourselves create those emotions or feelings, and those drive that behavior and produce the outcomes so when you're practicing awareness, think about the thoughts or what is the story that you're telling yourself? What meaning are you giving to your story, to your behaviors, to your outcomes? And then how can you make common sense, those things that you know, already know without having to learn something new, the things that just you already know that you need to do? How can you make those common practice? Because Truly, I know by being a coach and really focusing on personal growth, we are surrounded by a lot of people who just are not interested in personal growth. They aren't interested in creating strategies or really taking the effort to even start with awareness is a challenge for many people and they just choose not to do it. So, That you're here and listening to this, even thinking about answering these questions and aspiring to default to extraordinary is definitely worth celebrating today. So take a moment for yourself to celebrate your extraordinary life. Celebrate that you have a growth mindset and that you are leaning into all of the things of that extraordinary life, that you are living the extraordinary life just by showing up for yourself. So how are you going to celebrate your extraordinary self today? I would love to hear it. So send me a message, leave it in the reviews. I would just love to hear so that I can celebrate with you. All right, wrapping this up. In our quest for that extraordinary life and optimal well-being, the bridge between common sense and common practice is built on mindful awareness, behavioral modification, and positive reinforcement. Understanding the psychological factors that contribute to that gap allows us to navigate those complexities of change more effectively. And by taking intentional steps to align our actions with our knowledge and our values, we can unlock the extraordinary potential within us. Living a life that is not just informed by common sense, but actively shaped by it. If this hits home for you, share this with a friend, maybe someone that you have or want that kind of supportive relationship with. Join the community here. The link is below. And let's create a great big default to yes community. Until next time, let's take all that practical wisdom, intuition, and shared understanding of what's considered sensible and rational and allow it to guide us through the complexities and the challenges of daily life and decision making. I know you can do it because That is just who you are. So go make it happen as you get up every day and default to yes, your extraordinary self.